0: Welcome to another Employability Matters podcast, the number one podcast for all things related to the world of work. And here we give relatable and relevant careers, information, advice, and guidance. So today I have Christina, who will shortly introduce herself. And today you will all be hearing her career journey um, into the world of economics, into the world of accounting, into the world of finance. So, over to Christina, who will now introduce herself.
1: Great, thank you. Um, so, my name is Christina Fratt, and I am a treasury manager um, for a company called Omnicom, uh, which is an advertising marketing conglomerate. Um, so, it's a global company, um, mainly based in the US. Um, and my department is treasury, uh, where we're based in the UK, Ireland, and also in the US. So in my current role as treasury manager, I look after cash management activities. Um, So that's looking at all cash that we have around the world, making sure it's in the right place at the right time. Then there's also FX management. So all foreign exchange trading on behalf of our agencies within the group. Um, There's also an element of financial reporting that we do, um, making sure that we are compliant with regulations Um, lots of different things that pop up all the time. So it's a
0: very, very interesting role. Excellent. Thank you for that introduction, Christina. So tell us about your first job. My first job
1: uh, was actually as a tutor for Kumon. And I would have been about 17 or 18 at the time. Um, And this is just helping kids after school with uh, their English and math skills um these are kids that could be from the age of five up to the age of 16. um at the time i had a friend that was working there and at that age i think i was just super keen to have a job and show that i had some kind of money coming in without actually thinking you know could i be good at this job is this a job that i'm actually interested in um and i guess because it's a role where you're around children um i can be quite shy around kids so i found that a little bit of a challenge um because you have to try and figure out you know what's their learning style what works for one child doesn't necessarily works for the other um so that was a little bit of a challenge but i did enjoy it um i did it for a few months and then it kind of led on to another tutoring role that she did um at my sixth form college um so teaching first year students uh, a-level students for mathematics Um, So I did enjoy it at the time but um, not something I've gone back to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you either fall in love with teaching or you fall out of love with teaching. Tell us about the key skills that you must possess to be a treasury manager. Key skills,
1: Um, I guess you need to have, um, you need to be highly numerate because obviously you're dealing with numbers. so it could be things like calculating how much cash is in a certain country, um, how much interest you're going to pay on loans, um, your income, looking at that as well. Um, it's just being able to kind of think on your feet and um, kind of just make quick thinking decisions based on new information that's constantly um, coming at you throughout the day. Um, then also, you need to have strong interpersonal skills, so. In treasury, you're essentially the in-house bank for the company, um, which means that you're interfacing with people that you work with, um, offering them kind of financial guidance. Uh, then you're also dealing with other counterparties like banks. Um, these are banks where you have all of your financial products with, so your bank accounts, investment, loans, um, but then also they're trying to sell products to you as well. So it's kind of making sure that you have a balance um of knowing how to deal with each of these different counterparties um and it's very important because you are often put in situations where you do need um quick results um quick actions and by having those strong links um with different counterparties you're able to achieve that then also i would say um you need to have a good eye for detail because um, there are lots of things that can pop up where um, if you miss a small piece of information that could mean you know losing money for the company um so for example it might be a case that someone's asked you to urgently make a payment um it's going to go to um it's meant to be a tax payment for example they've just been told about it you know if it's not paid tomorrow we're going to have the bailiffs around and if you know to kind of question that um sometimes you might find that these are actually fraudulent payments that someone's trying to make you make to some random person so it's just being able to like catch out little things that you pick up
0: over time um, with experience of working within treasury that's awesome it gives me a really good insight into you said it is the in-house bank of the organization wow yeah. you're definitely <laughs> able to pay attention to detail to be quick thinking analytical skills and the hot hu- the top skill would be to be numerate so tell us about your journey into the world of can I say finance and accounting
1: yeah I guess it kind of started that way um so I guess from a young age I always thought about you know what where do I want to work what industry um I always said you know either be a hairdresser or an accountant because you know they're always in demand so you wouldn't be short for a job Um, and I then started to sway towards the accountancy direction um, and that's mainly because I'm good with numbers so it just felt like it made sense um, so at sixth form college I did my A levels in uh, economics and accountancy and maths so very straight and narrow <laughs> route there um, and then I went to university um, at the University of Bristol where I studied accounting and finance and Throughout the course, you learn about different aspects of finance, um, microeconomics, macroeconomics, um, corporate finance, then there's financial accounting, management accounting. So there's a lot to learn. Um, I think by the time that I got to the third and final year of the course, I was studying for a unit that looks at compliance, um, which is essentially lots of rules. And financial accounting standards and things like that and I think that was the point but I realized maybe accountancy isn't for me because it's not as numerical as I thought it'd be um, it's very um, rigid in that there's a set kind of rules that you have to follow um, in order to you know um, audit an account for example audit a company and I felt like it didn't look at any financial instruments or anything like that. It was just very rules-based and quite restricted. Um, and then the compliance side, I, in all you know, I see, I just found it really boring. So, <laughs> so um, from that, I kind of just felt maybe accountancy isn't for me. Um, which then meant that once I graduated, it was just a case of you know find a job because you know you want to be independent, have that income coming. Um, And I wound up working in a call center for the Bank of Ireland Um, and that role was looking at savings products for the post office. And the reason why I took that role is because I thought, you know, once you've got your foot in the door, it should be easy for you to kind of, you know, move around into different departments and so on and so forth. But at the time, this was during the financial crash of two thousand, just after two thousand eight. So it then meant it was actually quite difficult to get finance jobs around that time, Um, especially as a graduate where you don't necessarily have the relevant experience. Um, Because obviously, at that time, if you're looking for anyone, you want people with experience that you have don't have to do as much training with. so I only lasted in that role for three months and that's because I found a role called a dividend liaison officer. To this day, I still don't really know what it means. Um, even at the interview, the hiring manager didn't really know what it meant either. Um, he basically said, ignore the job title, <laughs> ignore the job description. It's all wrong. So it's like, okay, great. Um, and then he just asked me, you know, what do you know about treasury? And given that this wasn't anything in, you know, the job description or anything, I wasn't prepared for that question. Um, but I guess even today, if you ask someone what is treasury, you think of either pirates or you think of HM treasury so the government. And that's when they kind of explained, you know, what treasury is, you know, you are the bank for the company, essentially, you're making sure that cash is in the right place at the right time that is being put to efficient use um, that you're kind of minimizing risks where possible. So that could be risk of fraud, um, making sure that you are not exposed in terms of FX. So foreign exchange activity as well. um, things like that. And he just made it sound like it was really interesting. Um, so from that role, I, what I did, um, was I looked after dividends for, um, various companies, that we were working on behalf of. Um, and this was when I worked at Computer Share, which is a share registrar company. So it was essentially looking at what outstanding dividends there were um, for different companies, you know, who's remaining to be paid, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it wasn't necessarily linked to the treasury team in general, but it was kind of just attached to it for some reason. Um, but it then meant that because of the way that the team was structured and the way that the department itself was growing, it meant that there were opportunities to kind of move across into different roles within Treasury. Um, and that kind of led me to be able to go into roles where I'm looking at um, payment management, um, any kind of financial reporting, um, so analyzing cash positions and forecasting, and then looking at foreign exchange. Um, so it meant that I could kind of move around to different aspects of Treasury. Uh, get my knowledge, get my skills. and then it was a young team at the time. so there were other graduates that had started anything between you know six months to two years just before I started there. Um, so they were all going into qualifications for um, the ACT, which is the Association of, Co- Association of Corporate Treasurers. Um, and they're kind of the gold standard for treasury um, around the world and because they were getting those qualifications you know it then made sense that i could do it too especially as the company was funding it um so it made sense to just do it and even through doing the qualifications you see more and more about treasury um because every treasury department is completely different it's structured completely different they focus on different areas of treasury as well um so from doing the qualifications you can see things that are beyond your scope or beyond the scope of the team that you're in. Um, It does open your eyes to kind of say, you know, if I moved, there's potential for me to get into this side of treasury, that side of treasury. Um, So it was a really, really good kind of base knowledge, um, good place to kind of start off and learn about treasury itself, you know, being around the right people where you can ask silly questions and they're completely fine with that. Um, But yeah, it was good. And from that, point onwards i then went on to uh three other companies um so that would be and five other roles um so i've had a few internal moves as well um and that's kind of led me up to where i am today awesome
0: the gatekeeper of the organization's finance (laughs) (laughs) you know because when i was looking up treasury the first thing that came into my mind was Richie Sunak, you know, the Chancellor of the Exchequer. And thinking, <laughs> is your role similar to that, Christina? It's
1: kind of. So with Treasury, there are different aspects. Um, so you'll have the public sector. Um, so that will obviously be HM Treasury, um, where their version of Treasury is essentially looking at what cash does the UK have how can it be um, dispersed amongst the different departments, so education, health, so on and so forth. Um, then it's looking at how can we balance the books. So you're looking at tax income, um, different kinds of taxation that can be done to raise income for the country. Um, then looking at costs that needs to go out as well. So that could be you know benefits, um, anything of the like, and, that's kind of what they do um, but then also in public sector you can look at individual NHS trusts so they'll be looking at their income which is uh, funds that they receive from government um, it could be you know from the parking fees that they charge as well um, and then they'll be looking at the expenses so it's staffing costs it's um, paying for medicine and then they could be looking at financing. So this could be taking out loans so that they can then buy new equipment or build a new building and things like that. So there's lots of different aspects to it on the public sector side. Um, and then in the private sector, I think I can only speak on, on the private sector really, cause that's my background. Um, but yes, in the private sector, it's looking at things like cash management, foreign exchange, Uh, you have got regulations as well, compliance um, to global standards. Uh, You're also looking at debt management, um, equity management. So that will be things like uh, share issuances and private funding. Uh, Then there's also insurance. You can have an aspect of treasury accountancy as well. (laughs) So there's lots of different areas you can go into in treasury. It's all very interesting and i think that's the one thing that's kind of kept me going is that there's always something new to learn um it could be a new financial instrument that you're kind of implementing it could be looking at different treasury management systems that you can use as well
0: um there's always something new popping up If you were to give somebody advice that they want to work within a treasury department within the private sector, what are the stages of career progression for an individual who is starting on the first rung of their career ladder?
1: Someone that's just entering the job market. I think the good thing about treasury is that there isn't a clear, a clean path into it um, because treasury is kind of, it is a relatively new department essentially. So it's only been around for like the last 10, 20 years um so what we find is that it doesn't necessarily matter if say you have a history degree um or a pharmaceuticals degree or if your apprenticeship uh was in woodwork or in mechanics or something like that as long as you show that you are able to be highly numerate um mm-hmm. that you can multitask um but you're quick at absorbing information uh, at adapting to new information that you receive Um, As And when it comes in, then, you know, it's, it's relatively straightforward and easy to um, get into Treasury. So typically, if you were to enter into Treasury at a graduate level, I'd say, uh, you'd probably be looking at a salary of around 25k per year. Um, That's in London, Um, outside of London might be slightly different. Um, But And the kind of roles that you'll probably get will be based around um, kind of operational roles. Um, So it might be to do with payment processing. um, It might be doing some kind of analysis of data, um, things like that. And as you kind of progress, you can learn about the different aspects of treasury. um, And you can do that either by moving internally um, even job hopping as well. Sometimes that's a a good way to kind of see a different treasury department in terms of how they're structured and how they operate. Um, Then there's lots of different routes you can go through. So you might enter, say a treasury analyst, um, and then you can move into treasury projects. Um, Or you could move into treasury IT. So that's looking at the infrastructure and all the different systems that treasury use um you could move into fx as well Um, you can there's just so many different areas that you can move into Um, and i guess the kind of the highest role you can get to is group treasurer and that is essentially you're looking after all of treasury for like the whole um organization so that could just be if you're a uk-based company that only operates in uk then that's that's you um or it could be globally as well Um, and that kind of involves making sure that you're aware um, of any local changes to any kind of banking regulations. Um, it's make sure you know kind of where where cash is, what investments can be made, um, which banks you're working with, uh, which products you want to use. You know, it's setting rules in place, um, setting group policies in terms of you know, if you want to invest, you can only invest a certain amount with a certain bank on a given day. Um, it's also looking at risk compliance it's yeah you need to know a lot (laughs) it's very very wide yeah
0: but it's so interesting especially for somebody who's keen to work within the finance sector in terms of if you have if you're highly numerate if you've got good analytical skills I suppose those skills can be developed throughout employment And what is promising to hear is that you necessarily don't need to take the traditional route into the role that you're doing. You can always start off as an apprentice or you can work your way up from, you know, working in a bank, for example, you know, a retail bank possibly that could be an example where you're able to you know get some work experience and start to develop your numeracy skills your analytical skills and your ability to pay attention to detail so that's really wide and vast that really is i never realized how wide and vast the treasury role is and i'm really glad i've got an insight into understanding and knowing that your role is the bank within a corporate organization. You've given us such a great insight into your role, you know, going through your career summary, outlining the duties that you do. So say if like somebody wanted to gain extra knowledge, extra information about, um, the role of a treasury, where should they go? Um, the association
1: of corporate treasurers. Um, so their website is, uh, www.treasurers.org. Um, they're kind of the gold standard for Treasury in the UK uh, and also internationally. Um, they on their website it will give you information on routes into Treasury, kind of career development paths, um, information on interview
0: techniques,
1: um, also just explaining what Treasury is, um, the different um, qualifications that they also offer as well, um, which I recommend. Um, people get into if you get into treasury, I definitely recommend doing the qualifications because it kind of gives you a stepping stone um, in terms of you know your um, employability. Um, and if possible, do it in a company where they're willing to pay for it. Um, that's a, definitely a big <laughs> help as well. <laughs> um, but yes, treasurers.org is the main website that I would use for information. And then also actually, I'd say, maybe speaking to um, recruitment agents as well. Um, they're usually quite good, um, especially for entry level roles, because those roles, they do exist. Um, and with a recruitment agent, they've kind of got a better idea of which jobs are out there because they're not always publicly advertised. Um, and they'll also be able to help you with um, amending your CV. So how long have you been working within Treasury? So, I've been in Treasury for nearly 10 years now. Uh, so quite a long time, Um, and I think when I first started, Treasury was still relatively new as an official department. So, often, either the team had just been created, or they might only been 10 or so years old. Um, And usually, these teams started with just one person, Um, maybe just doing it part-time, but they've grown so much over time that, you know, you'll have a team of 20, plus people. I mean, I've worked in a treasury team, um treasury department
0: that had over a hundred people. So it varies a lot
1: by different companies.
0: Okay. You have gone through your 10 year um, career summary, and it's been so insightful to hear about your role and your duties and your experiences. So to add more to your experiences, tell us about a memory that really sticks out for you um, throughout your career history so far.
1: Sure. Um, so one of my first kind of managerial roles that I had, um, I moved into a treasury team that was in a in a small company. So I think the team itself was only four people. Um, so very, very small. Um, but then I got to manage one of the team members. And I think because I'd come from a larger company into a smaller one, it then meant that you know you can see um, where there can be changes made to kind of improve things for everyone. And there was someone in my team who wasn't necessarily very computer literate. Um, and there used to be a process that they did every Tuesday where they'd have to manually key loads and loads of payments into a system. And it's the kind of task that it takes up half of her day. Um, just to try and do it. And it's one of those things where I could never really understand why she did it that way when surely there'd be like a quicker way where you know you can just enter information on a spreadsheet upload it and be done rather than having to manually enter every single bit of information <laughs> into this system and the more and more that i spoke to her about it the more she kind of explained that actually i i don't feel comfortable um or confident using computers and um it's one of those things where you just felt like i appreciate that you've confided in that with me because you know she was a little bit worried that i'd kind of speak to other people about it um but realistically you know i don't need to you know she was good at her job um she just wasn't confident in using the computer, so I just needed to help her like boost her confidence and like kind of show her different ways of doing things that make things a lot quicker and easier for her you know it stops her from having to come in at 7am on you know this tuesday every single week just to, to do this task so it, That's a memory that stuck with me because it just made me realize that, you know, your voice matters. You know, you can make small tweaks and changes um, to the way that people do things, and it just makes their life so much easier. Um, So, that's something that I was very proud of at the time, especially as it was like my first kind of managerial role. So, it's kind of like, yeah,
0: yeah, I did something,
1: (laughs) I helped everyone. (laughs)
0: That draws out like how your personality is generally because. You could have a manager and they could see that somebody's coming in early and doing a routine task and taking up, you know, a half of the day, but not having insight to approach that person and saying, what's really going on? How can I help this individual? So you're also highlighting another key quality of a manager is the importance of being empathetic, the importance of being understanding and the importance of really getting to know your staff members to bring out the best in them, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Communication is key. Um, because often you find that if you don't have that level of communication, you know, you don't necessarily know what their train of thought is. So for example, with the younger kind of members of staff where I work now, we don't have any kind of uh, formal annual reviews or anything like that. And from other places that I've worked, I've found them really, really beneficial, especially at that age. Um, so it's something that I try and do with my team members, um, just like informally, just so that we I understand, you know, how they're feeling about the role, um, if they're looking for any kind of development in any areas that I can help them with, you know, are they looking to explore different areas of treasury, you know, it's do they want to attend um, some events that our banks are running as well, um, do they want to kind of, you know, do they want to, you know, raise their profile within the company. Is it something that I can help them with? They need to have that communication with members of the team, because without that, you don't necessarily know where their headspace is. You know, they might be unhappy in the role. They might be thinking that they're not getting the same opportunities as other people, um, that they're not developing in the way that they want to. Um, so it's just important to have that dialogue because you then risk losing them Um, and you know one of the worst things you can have is have someone that's really talented within your team and then have them leave because it wasn't communicated that they wanted more from the role or wanted more from the company um, to kind of help them progress internally so it's definitely key to have those
0: discussions excellent excellent so we're getting such a good insight into Christina's role as a treasury manager and I just want to ask you some questions around um, the role as a treasury manager and post lockdown how has your role been affected? so we
1: have a number of systems that we use so traditionally working from home would have been very difficult for us um, because there are certain computers that we have to physically um, log into um, to get certain information from so luckily with the technological advances that we have these days, you know, the companies that provide us with certain softwares, they're obviously aware that, um, people need to work from home. They would have prepared for these kind of eventualities a while ago. Um, so it then meant that we could kind of adapt the software that we've got, um, just so that we can use all of the same capabilities at home. Um, so our company, we actually did like a test run, um of everyone working from home one day and the reason behind that is because our head office is in new york which was obviously an epicenter at some point so they'd already been working from home for a little while and they just wanted everyone in the london and dublin office to try it out as well Um, so we did that on the friday then on the sunday everyone got an email saying don't go to work next week (laughs) Um, everyone's just gonna work from home so that week was pretty good because it gave us a chance to look at Um, Any kind of system issues, you know, how can we get support for certain things as well from our IT departments? Um, Especially if you're working remotely from home. How, how do they work? (laughs) How do they help you, you know, if you've got login issues, so on, so forth. Um, So that week was pretty good because it gave us good insight into knowing that actually we can all work from home. Um, and one of the key things that we do is we have regular catch up meetings, um, amongst the whole London treasury team. Um, then I'll also have, uh, calls with my sub team as well, just to like check in on everyone and everyone's using teams a lot as well for little chit chats and having tea breaks and just trying to bring some kind of normality to it all. Um, and then we also have catch up meetings with the whole treasury department globally. Um, So that's actually quite a good one, because you do find out information that you wouldn't necessarily um, know from just having normal discussions with your manager. Um, But overall, it's been pretty good working from home. The only issue that I found is that it's very hard to switch off sometimes. Um, I'll be checking my phone, see if I've had any work emails, if there's anything urgent, um, just because we have certain busy periods where we know that we're going to get lots of questions and lots of um, issues around cash at the time um, because there was uh, lots of restrictions on liquidity because financial markets were going a bit haywire. So it's just the case of you felt like you needed to be switched on and aware at all times, um, which meant that it was very hard to kind of detach, especially as you're just going from you know the spare room into the living room and technically that's your working day done. But realistically, you're just spending all time in like one location, um, which can make it difficult to switch off. But that's something that you kind of get used to and learn over time. So it's making a a solid effort to make sure that you don't check your work emails, making sure that you are having some kind of segregation between that shows that it's the end of the day. So it might be going for a walk as soon as it hits, you know, five five thirty, you know, doing an exercise class or something like that, just to make sure that you have that
0: clear split at the end of the day. That's really good advice to ensure that there's some health and well being taken into consideration because now the majority of staff who were working in the office are now working from home. So it is that adjustment. I know we've been doing it for nearly six months. Um, I've heard that some organisations are not even going to go back to a workspace. It will just, they will continue working from home and my thing is that to ensure that everybody has some downtime, you know, and switch off. Let's go back, let's go back in time for a bit. Um, Age 14, what advice would you give to your younger self? Trust your instincts,
1: you know, if you have a certain feeling about a job or Uh, particular industry or about people in general just trust your gut because you know I'm sure that you're a good judge of character (laughs) you know you know people are going to be looking out for you they're going to be helping you or not and you know when people are not going to be doing those things so it's just a case of making sure that you're aware of everything that's around you. The gut
0: never lets you down. <laughs> it's <laughs> always steering you on the right pathway, you know. Yeah. So as we come to a close, Christina, you have just been such a delight and to hear about your role as a treasury manager um, within a private organisation and to understand your career um, trajectory. Um, and the highs and the lows and all of the wonderful stuff that has happened um, throughout your career. Christina, what I'd like you to do is to share some words of advice or words of encouragement to um, our listeners who may want to work within your industry about, you know, what the steps that they should take um, in order to be successful. Sure.
1: Um, So my advice would be um, to take control of your own development um, everyone's operating in a, a world where constantly busy um, so they might not necessarily know that you know you want to develop in certain ways or want to do any qualifications or learn something new um, so you need to be the driver of that ship you know you need to make sure that people know that you are willing to learn willing to progress um, you need to show that drive, um and it it will be noticed um also to just make sure that you know your worth and know what value you can bring to a company as well um making sure that you know they they treat you correspondingly
0: hi everyone this is your host sophia lewis and thank you so much for listening to this episode of employability matters the number one careers and job related podcast where we always dive into topics associated with the world of work. I really thank you for your support and for subscribing and remember to share with your family and friends. It would also be appreciated if you could leave a great review on our YouTube channel, Anchor FM, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I will be back next week for another great episode. So until then, remember, employability matters.